Hey everyone, welcome to Entrepreneurship by Design with Dr. C. I'm your host, Dr. Caroline, and thank you so much for joining us today. Entrepreneurship looks different for everyone. How and why we start our business, challenges that occur, pivots we have to make, success we achieve, all while life is happening. That's why I love sharing these inspiring entrepreneurs with you and shed light that there is enough room for everyone to succeed and thrive, even if you're in the same industry. I'm so glad you're here today because we have a dynamic duo with us, Dr. Barb and Dr. Wayne. Dr. Barb and Dr. Wayne met over 10 years ago as he supported her through her doctorate degree. Out of Dr. Barb's research, a friendship, a book, and a business all came about. They are the great masters, and they will help you unlock your capacity to become a more vibrant and authentic person. Thank you both, Dr. Barb and Dr. Wayne, for being here today. It is such a pleasure to have both of you. I would love for you to just dive into your journey, how you got here today, and then we'll go from there. Yes, thank you. Um, so I actually met Dr. Wayne. We were trying to think the other day how long it's been. I think it was in 2009 or 2010, and I was in grad school getting my doctorate. I met Dr. Wayne in a research class, and he became just an incredible mentor and chair of my committee for my research, and we just really connected right out of the gate. And so that kind of started our journey with our relationship together. We've always lived in different areas, but it doesn't matter now with technology, you know, we still connect a lot. And um, so we, what we ended up doing was we um, took the content of my dissertation, which I know we're going to get more into that. And we just kind of realized there was more to it than just a dissertation. So, so we developed a lot more things. And that's how we are here today. We're still working together. And my take on that is I was wanting to write a book for the longest time. I wrote for scholarly journals and such, but I wanted to write a book to help people get over the hurdles of their fears, their sense of inadequacy, their sense of lack, limitations. And I could never find the right book. My experience is being an educator. So my doctorate's in education. And the books I found were either in psychology or theology or business management. And they're all wonderful books, but I was looking for a how-to primer on getting over the humps that are obstacles or barriers to our living a full life. Mm -hmm. And when Dr. Barb finished her dissertation, as a lot of doc students uh, will attest, they wanted to keep the thing going. They've been part of their life for so long. So often they'll say, can uh, we put this in a pint-sized version of the dissertation in a scholarly journal? I said, sure. Really gravy for me because I knew all the journals and I'll let her do the writing and I get first billing. I mean, it was a no-brainer. <laughs> so we started to write the article and one thing led to another. And instead of contracting, we expanded and it became a book. And it's the book that I wanted to read. And we ended up writing it. And it's <laughs> the, the thing about um, being a graduate student is coming up with an elevator speech, as I'm sure you're aware of, Dr. C. <laughs> How can I say what's so important in the time it takes to go from one floor to another on an elevator? 10, 15 seconds. So the same thing happened with our book. How can we explain this large thing in 10 or 15 seconds? 
And now I think we've got it after struggling with it for so long. If you are on the way to being a zombie, shut down, read the book, and you open up. That's it. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> Point blank. <laughs> There's no, Dr. I... Lane for you. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. And I want to know more about the dissertation, what it that transformation into a book, what the topic was. So people listening, they can know a little bit more about it because I love it. It was the book that you wanted to read Dr. Wayne and what that looked like. So people listening can understand a little bit more. Yeah, you bet. Well, so it's interesting, you know, Dr. Wayne and I still laugh about this, but trying to narrow down a topic when, you know, you're writing a giant paper <laughs> when you're in graduate school and, um, to, you know, I, I started off down another path and I just kept feeling stuck. And then one day I thought, you know, I'm also, I, I'm a leadership coach and I'm a family law mediator. And so uh, Dr. Wayne also has a great background in mediation and communication and all these amazing things. And so one day we just started talking about different concepts and mediation. And so what my dissertation turned into looking at um, mainly grit and growth mindset, and we kind of added in empathy. So we have these three, we call them the three keys in family law mediation. And what I was finding as a mediator was the courts would just kind of rush people through, get an agreement and move on because they would just have more cases. And, you know, so we just, it was always this rush to get to what we call settlement. And I kept thinking, what is that? You know, in family law, it's a very gray, you know, family law is black and white, but family life is gray. And so I thought, gosh, we've, you know, there's got to be another way to create more durable agreements. And so that's where we started weaving together our three keys. And you know, and it just turned into this amazing, um, interesting piece of research. I did a lot of interviews of other mediators, and I knew um, I'm in a mediator group, so I knew family law mediators or family therapy mediators, and I knew attorney mediators. Mm -hmm. And so it was interesting the contrast between the results between those two groups, because I found that those who had a family therapy background had much better success at creating agreements that just they were longer lasting and the people had more buy-in. And what were they doing? Well, they were teaching people empathy. They were infusing empathy into the mediations. They were keeping people in the process, like, come on, you guys can do this, really empowering people um, and, and really looking at like opening their mind to not being stuck in like, well, this is how it's always been and that's the way it's going to be, but really looking at new ways of thinking. And so I just found my the richness of my data was in the family therapy mediators. And I thought, wow, they've got something figured out here that's, that was very different than what the attorney mediators were able to do. So that was that was a kind of a long explanation about the research part itself, but that's kind of how that all came about. And, um, and then Dr. Wayne, then what? The thing about uh, her research was what happened in the mediation room. So you have guy and a gal who hate each other or have to come up with a wonderful plan for their kids. And the kids are incidental. They're like collateral damage. Mm -hmm. So what Bar Dr. Barb is not saying is she has a background as a counselor. She has her, one of her MAs is in counseling. She has a deep, deep empathy for kids. No one was advocating for the kids because these two individuals were so wounded. Yeah. So what was really compelling to us is how can you deal with the woundedness 
in a way that will bring some success. Right. It's oftentimes, ah, oh, time will take care of it. Meanwhile, you're suffering for all that time. We wanted to reduce that suffering. So we started an online business called Great Masters, which was totally unintended. There's already a Great Masters about these wonderful painters, Flemish painters from the 1500s. We're not that. <laughs> a newer version. We're a newer version. <laughs> we wanted people to master their own greatness. And... Because we're such busy people and we live in such busy times, we wanted to use something that helped to really focus the awareness, and that's conflict. So who are these people in Dr. Barb's mediation room? There are people who are in such conflict, in such turmoil, that they've given up their own agency, their own sense of greatness. And they're saying to the other, you suck. If it wasn't for you, everything would be wonderful. And we're saying, no, that's not so. We're saying, because of this moment, you're paying attention. How wonderful. Now, how can we take that attention, elevate it, and help you live a fruitful life? Maybe this relationship is no longer, but you still have the responsibility and also the love and care of human beings that you brought into the world. How can we make this great? So we offer, and, and this is a part that I think makes us a little different. It's not just therapy. We don't do therapy. It's not just coaching. We don't do coaching. We do a straight curriculum-based teaching. And it's about EQ, not IQ. So we're looking at emotional intelligence, social-emotional learning, relationship building. And we start from the premise of you're broken. What are the pieces that you can put together in a new way and look at yourself as a fully thriving human being? And here, here's the funny thing. We think it's a 10-week program. People tend to take 15 weeks to get it done. Yeah. It's a little longer. It's okay. We need that extra. It's okay. It's all good. Oh, I love that. And I love what you do too. Being a former marriage and family therapist, I definitely understand the dynamics of family and how it can get so convoluted, even when they like each other. But when you add in any family law and how that can be so complex and it is very gray, but I love that you found this niche in particular of seeing that, okay, it's not just therapy, it's not just coaching, but creating a curriculum around it to really help support the family because they've created these beautiful beautiful children or child, depending on the, the dynamic of the family. But I'm just so curious, what were some of the key insights or discoveries from Dr. Barb's research that influenced the development of your approach to unlock the human potential? Why don't you do this, but take it from a reverse engineering standpoint. Talk about some of those times when these people had the aha experience and they finally got through to the other person. Because I think that takes the three keys in a healthy direction. Yeah, I I think, um, you know, it's interesting because a lot of my cases, they've evolved over the years. I, I always tell people I used to have more cases where people could communicate and kind of make some easier agreements. And now it just feels like there's a lot more anger and animosities. But I can certainly think of some cases years ago where um, one in particular where parents were just you know, going back and forth about this parenting plan and 
really struggling with it. And um, the dad didn't have as much time. And so the mom was just kind of chatting away and going on about what she felt was the most important. And I need this much time, et cetera. And the father literally started crying across from her and she didn't know how to react. And, you know, it was one of those moments where, again, people kind of assume like, oh, you're going to act like you always do. You're going to say what you always say. And, you know, you're not going to change. And so it was this moment of like, whoa, this is like the empathy, you know, so I was able to kind of feed into the, what what he was experiencing and feeling in that moment and and talk about like what was coming up for him you know what's behind those tears what's what's happening and it you know it was fear of not having enough time or any time with his kids you know there was a lot of feeling of loss loss of the relationship grieving over that and the mom had not even really considered or thought about that so it was kind of interesting all of a sudden she went whoa like i had no idea that you were feeling this so it was that was definitely one of those aha moments. And and frankly, I was kind of surprised, too, that, you know, that came up because he, you know, like a lot of us were in a meeting, meeting somebody new and we feel like we're all put together and we've, you know, we've got it all in place and, you know, we can do this and then something will trigger us. And, you know, there's the old stuff, right? It comes right fresh to the surface. And for him, there was a lot of emotions I think he had really been suppressing and not not expressing to her because he probably felt they wouldn't go anywhere and forever whatever reason in that moment there they were and she really she had a big aha moment and things completely shifted moving forward from that point in that mediation so it was I left there like oh oh my gosh that was just beautiful <laughs> you know it's one of those moments that you hope to have more of those right to see that shift for people yeah it's so beautiful too. And just how you described it, because you are so right. When somebody comes into the office, they have this persona that they're putting out there. Like, yeah, everything's put together. We're great. But in reality, a lot of times you think someone's going to say something, especially your spouse or your partner or ex-partner, and you see something happen and shift because it's something different. It's something they've never experienced before. They have the space and the time to actually see that and be present in that moment and just being really authentic. That individual was being authentic to his feelings versus her experience was like, wait, what's going on? This is different. I've never seen this before. And I know that's a big part of the work you do is being authentic and the empathy as well. And how do you find authenticity and why do you believe it is essential for personal and entrepreneurial success. It seems like it should be standard operating equipment for human beings. But the society that we've uh, set up has us becoming experts. So we get paid because we are expert. You're doing this podcast based on your expertise and in finding other people who do entrepreneurial entrepreneurial success. We take a different view. Success is being a good human being. And on a good day, good human beings create good communities. So it's a whole different MO. Then it's um, an appropriate question to ask, well, how do you measure that? So I can measure my success in dollars and cents. See, I'm, I'm successful, I make a lot of money. Or I'm on Forbes 500. How do you do that with authenticity? Mm-hmm. So what we've come up with is to say, how much of who you are represents what your core values are? 
And if you don't know your core values, then you're going to have to go back to where they were. Yeah. And one of our students is a guy who's, well, he's had a really, really, I don't want to say tragic, but lots of drama in his life. He's been in prison and he's had lots of jobs. And when we asked him, what was the last moment that he just felt alive and sunny and goful? He was five years old. So we had to say, all right, go to that five-year-old kid. And what happened that you took one road instead of another? And he told us, he said, go back to that road. Now, connect the dots from that place to where you are today and where you want to go. Mm-hmm. He's a big man. He's a physically big man. He does construction. And his face just lit up. It was like no one's yeah. ever said it to me before. Mm-hmm. That's authentic. Now, does everyone have to go back to their five-year-old? No, it's whatever. We, we hold on to that image of our aliveness. Mm-hmm. And we sometimes have to cover it over as we na- navigate in our social world. Mm-hmm. We provide safety. We provide, we call it companioning. If people could do it by themselves, they already would. Look at the books that come out about that and the mm-hmm. seminars and whatnot. Dissertations are written about it. <laughs> but what we really need is someone to literally hold our hand and just say, you can do it. Friends are great. Friends are necessary. And friends may not have the know-how to move from step to step to step. Or more importantly, know that the step is one you can take. So the riser isn't too high and you're going to fall too low and you get bored and get off track. Mm. That's what we provide. Yeah. That's beautiful. So well said too. And I think just to touch on the core values, I think that's so key of when we look at success, it's so different for everybody. And I love that you were able to take that individual back to that moment where he felt like sunshine, felt happy. And that was five years old. And of course you don't have to go back to that, but just recognizing that feeling and being in tune with that. And I do believe core values are everything. It's how we function in the world. It's how we show up and it's how people know us and feel connected to us too. But what you said about being able to have that companionship or being connected, we can't do it alone. Like we can, but it's going to be a lot harder and there's going to be a lot more obstacles that we have to overcome in that regard. And I'm just curious, what have been some of the common barriers or challenges that individuals face in unlocking their capability to become more vibrant and authentic? I can't do that. What are you asking me? What are you talking about? I tried that once. It doesn't work. But that's just a sample. Yeah. Well, and I, and I think about the gentleman that Dr. Wayne was just talking about too. And you know, we focus back on the little guy at five. And yeah. then I think, oh my gosh, how many, not just years, decades has this man been feeling this? If the last time he can really remember that feeling of joy and happiness and lightness was when he was five. And he's one of so many people, of you know, so many of us in the world that are carrying this weight, you know, all of our lives. And and, you know, I, I, I use the word stuck. I know that's <laughs> Dr. Wayne's like, oh, you're using the word stuck again. But it's almost like we do. We get stuck like we get stuck in the mud and mm-hmm. and we're afraid to try to get out of it or we don't know what to do. We don't have the tools. We don't have the support around us. Again, friends are great, but 
you know, sometimes we just need a little bit more. Um, so I just, I think of that whole, you know, concept of, um, you know, you have to be ready, right. And not everybody is ready. Like we, we were actually just talking about a mom recently. Um, I've been working with a mom, Dr. Wayne's working with the kids and I talked about our great master's program. And then we both all of a sudden went, she's not ready. There's, she's just not in a space. There's no way right now. I always say, you know, not quite yet, or you're right now, this is where you're at. Um, but like, we won't even talk to her about this as an option right now. It's just not, she just, she can't move forward right now. She's still in that stuck space, but we can support her. We can support the kids. We can give the kids tools to help them through difficult situation. It's it, same as the mom. Um, and then someday, you know, I, I had a, a gal that I met with recently too, who um, she just said, you know, I was in this place where I was stuck. She actually used that word. And then she said, one day I just thought, I don't need to be there anymore. And so she, like her whole attitude was so completely different than a lot of the people that I speak with. And I just, I commended her and I said, oh my gosh, I'm so glad that you've been shedding some of that. You know, you've been carrying this stuff around and trying to be super mom and, you know, all of these things. And she finally got to just a, one day just said, okay, I'm done with this. <laughs> like I'm moving forward. And it was just so refreshing to see that she had just, I think, you know, it was almost like she reached her limit, but she realized, you know, I can, I can move through this in healthier ways. And that's the choice that she made. So it was really beautiful. Another way to um, firm what Dr. Barb said is uh, how people see themselves going forward, as opposed to going backwards. And it's really tricky, because Every one of our students has had success and then fallen off the wagon, mm-hmm. so to speak. And they say, well, why would this be any different? And you say, because here you're looking at long-term. You're looking at not only living a vibrant and authentic life. That's our criteria for claiming your light for great masters. But you need to do it in concert with someone else. Oh, my gosh. Are you telling me I got to show the warts and everything? Absolutely. Because in doing that, you're living in real time. You're living out your authenticity. So I'll tell a story on Dr. Barb. When we were first starting, um, part of her background is doing um, business coaching. and. She was trying to convince um, business executives, business managers to look at the climate in their company and then make the changes necessary for a more healthy response rather than a toxic response. And she said, how do you do do leadership? How do you do that? So she sent me this video of this guy on a beach, I believe, who was just having a moment he was just joyful and he's a long limbed gangly guy he was dancing a dance that no one should really dance at all and what happened someone else caught that enthusiasm and started dancing and then a third person caught it and by the end of the video you had a whole tribe of people that's what we're after we're after a world where people can 
feel their joy be contagious. And that's real scary when we live in such a polarized society, male, female, Democrat, Republican, different religious groups. Those are good in that they give a, a sense of self that we can look at other folks who are like-minded, but we want to go the other direction. What does it look globally? Be human and joyful 24-7. So yeah, it's hard to get our tribe together. <laughs> no, and I love that though, because I think it it's absolutely true, the tribe and how contagious it can be when we allow it and we live that vibrant life, but we live in a polarizing society where it is this and that, those and those being able to realize too, when we come together, so much more can happen. And that's why I love the great masters, what you've created the curriculum to really help people. And I would love to know just that journey. What was that like finding your target audience for that curriculum in particular? Well, to be honest, we still are. And as Dr. Barb alluded, um, someone may want it in their head, but they're not ready for it in their hands, in their heart. Mm -hmm. And what we've learned to do, because we both had a background of being people pleasers, is to speak truth to power. Mm -hmm. And you say, here's what's going to be necessary for you to get over the hump. Do you have it right now to do that? And when we say it, that's time, energy, commitment. Mm-hmm. No, I don't. People are <laughs> okay. When you do come back, which is not the best business plan, mm-hmm. but they do come back. Mm-hmm. So we're here for the long haul. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's what it's about too. And I, I think you touched on something super important. You have to be ready. You both have said it. And I think that's part of transformation and change to understand, okay, it's time to make a change. I want to make this change because it's like dragging through the mud. If you're not ready for it, you're going to get, I know you maybe not like this word, but stuck <laughs> um, in the mud because you're not ready to see it or you can't see it. Because sometimes we have, unfortunately, go through really horrible situations to really see, okay, now, now it's time versus if we can counteract that or take a step back and be able to move forward before something happens. But sometimes that doesn't happen in that way. I want to jump on what you just said. Um, Part of our work to be divided into two parts. So the great masters is what we do with adults. Mm -hmm. And I also have a zoom based mindfulness class that I teach. Mostly for kids who are stuck by other people's actions. So a toxic divorce, um, some illness where parents are putting energy into one child and the other child gets neglected. Yeah. The pandemic was like a huge uh, space for people just feeling so lonely. Yeah. So the kids want practical direct there's no theory with kids got to just jump right in so i give them this idea of balance so think of you know one of the balance beams that you you see in your science class and what are you trying to balance each day what would a mindful moment look like basically it's on one side you're living a flow Everything is just moving as it's supposed to. And those who are in sports get that. They're in the flow with their teammates, whatnot. Mm-hmm. On the other side is balance. What are you 
balancing or not balancing. So whatever it is you're not balancing, say what the opposite is and move towards that. Well, you're having trouble. That's where we can help you. Works every time. I love that. I love that you created that space too, especially for kids, because a lot of times they're just reacting to their situation or don't even know how to react because they're not given that space or opportunity. And it's amazing what you both have created for adults and children, because it's the whole dynamic. It's not just one entity. You have to bring it together and they each individual needs something different, but as a unit, everyone needs something too. And I love that you really dive into that. And I'm just curious too, what advice would you give someone who does feel stuck or uncertain about their purpose or their potential and what they can achieve? I think, um, you know, as Dr. Wayne had mentioned too, what's really important is we all need others. You know, that's the <laughs> companioning, building a community. And so many times, especially a lot of the parents that I work with, they just feel like, you know, I'm really here all, I'm standing out here all alone and no one's supporting me, and no one understands what I'm going through. No one gets me. Um, you know, you've probably heard that, Dr. C, in your own practice when you were practicing, too, like nobody understands what I'm going through. But the reality is, and I was, I, you know, talking about emotions and feelings, we all feel the same feelings, right? You know, disappointment, anger, sadness, confusion. Um, and so being able to like tap into, I was just talking to a mom yesterday about this, like, Okay, you know this emotion, it happened in this point in time, and here's this emotion again. You got through that, you know you can get through that again, you know, you can move forward. So it's helping people really make that connection too of, you know, emotions that you've had before, experiences that might be similar, maybe not the same, but look at how far you have come and what you were able to do. And, you know, again, I always think of us, especially Dr. Wayne with the kiddos it's filling their toolbox and really giving them extra things so that they always have something they can reach for when they're really struggling. So I think like just that message of, you know, gosh, you don't have to do this alone. There's no need to do it alone. There's people around that are going to understand. They're going to relate to the emotions you're feeling or your experience itself. And, you know, it's, it's helping people realize that it's okay to ask for help. You know, it's okay to get support because there are people who really care and do want to see you move through this, this point in your life and, and build the skills for the next time when there's a bump, you can get through that too, because you've already learned how to do that. Yeah. Dr. Barb's point is well taken. You need a companion with someone. So when you're low, mm -hmm. hanging with someone who's high helps write that balance. Yeah. And we have this concept that we do all the time called both and. Hmm. So I think it's human to catastrophize. Oh my God, you don't know how bad I have. You think you got it? I'm a lot worse. <laughs> Somehow that gives joy to people. I don't understand it, but it's there. <laughs> so we talk about the both and principle. Mm -hmm. And after someone goes on their rant about how out of control their life is, and how someone else is controlling their life. Either one of us will say, and, and pause for 10 years. Mm -hmm. It's a very awkward and uncomfortable pause. What do you mean, and? This is a stupid jerk who's making my life. And what's come from that? Mm -hmm. The answer that they come up with comes from a very creative place that's usually been ignored. 
while they've been building their shells, while they've been doing confirmation bias, while they've been doing fixed mindset. And whether it's a kid or an adult, that both end technique, if you wish, mm-hmm. is very, very powerful. And by the way, we do it on each other all the time. <laughs> what does that look like? <laughs> you have a friendship. <laughs> That's what I was getting at. Yeah, because I found I've literally stopped myself in in my track sometimes when I've said, but, but, you know, blah, 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 whatever. It's like, okay, wait a minute. Whoa. And (laughs) And then I go into the rest of my sentence. So it's really like, it's even made me rethink sometimes when I'm just like, you know, and that's what Dr. Wayne just stops me in my tracks and says, and, you know, like, and what what else? Oh yeah, that's right. The and. (laughs) I love it. And I love just the friendship too, that you've created from the beginning till now too. And, you know, it is so important to have that person that's in your corner, that's going to call you out on things, but in a very gentle, authentic, loving way, it's coming from a good place. It's not to be mean or cruel. It's really just to understand that, the and is so important. And I, I've heard this before too. There's like, if you say, but it's like, it discounts everything you just said. And like, I've caught myself saying like, but, and I'm like, oh, wait, wait, <laughs> I don't say and, but now I'm going to. <laughs> Thank you both. <laughs> and it's something that needs to be said. You can see it right here on your screen. Dr. Barb and I advertise ourselves as a Jack and Jill mm-hmm. intervention. And it's terrible on the profits and loss. One person would make twice as much money. But we find when a male and a female talk to someone about something very tender, very unresolved, very um, excitable, Mm -hmm. having two people normalizes it. If it's one, you might want to try to impress someone. If it's two... It's kind of like you're sitting around someone's kitchen having coffee and conversation. Mm-hmm. And we are wedded to that mm-hmm. in our great mattress program and the mindfulness program, mm-hmm. in that it's the conversation. We use the eubonics term conversating, getting down to the brass tacks. Yeah. And that happens, I think, better with a male female energy with whomever. It works with men, it works with women. It normalizes and challenges at the same time. I I saw that. I like it. I do. And I appreciate it. And I think too, see now I'm saying and. It really goes back to what you're saying when you have a different dynamic, the male energy, the female energy, and being able to normalize things. Because a lot of times people are only seeing it from their window, their lens, and they can't really see anything else. But when you have, like you said, the kitchen table, I love that because it really does embody that warm feeling of I can come in here and be myself and really say what's going on so we can resolve it and communicate because that's when things get resolved when you actually talk about it versus having all the emotions around it and not saying anything or arguing or yelling. You're not getting to the bottom and to the root of it. And I love that the combination of the Jack and Jill and what you are able to accomplish. I am so curious, what do you envision the future of the great masters and your impact on individuals and the world? What a good question. You know, I think we always approach our work with our clients as, you know, it's one person at a time. 
you know, we're just, we're making a difference. Like when we work with, when Dr. Wayne works with kids, one kiddo at a time, get in there and really fill this kiddo's toolbox so that he can learn these things on his own and with support, but learn moving forward. And I just feel like we're in that place where it just makes sense to just really focus on, you know, we're, whoever's in front of us is in front of us right now. And that is so important just to feel, it helps people feel valued. I'm really important. These people actually care about my feelings and they want to help me through this. You know, we seem like we don't see a lot of that. Um, and I also have to mention too, Dr. Wayne is magic because um, the other thing is just kind of the population that we work with. We tend to find a lot of women who have been in more abusive or toxic relationships and they haven't experienced a male who is nurturing and kind and gentle and willing to talk about emotions and they haven't experienced that so Dr. Wayne is just a phenomenal role model for a lot of these um, especially mamas that we work with that have just not experienced and for some of the kids too who may have a very strong natured father to see that there's other ways to be a man (laughs) that are okay and healthy so to throw that in there too. One of the ways, just to get to your question, what do we want going forward? You're gonna have to help me here. Who's that guy on TV who was Oprah's psychologist, Dr. Phil? Phil, yeah. Dr. Phil had the best line I've ever heard any caregiver give. How's that working for you? Mm-hmm. So when that line comes from someone who has lots of animosity, going to cause walls to go up, a lot of defensiveness. And when that line comes from a place of tenderness and kindness and gratefulness, it has a tendency not only to lower the walls and the barriers, but to build bridges across the chasm. And we are very serious about wanting to change the world in a positive way. As Dr. Barb said, one student at a time, one client at a time. And we really believe that the energy is already there, but it's about just pivoting a little bit and focusing in a new direction. And I got this great image just recently. Um, One of my kids was having uh, problems facing bullies, really kind, intelligent girl. And She said, I just have to go to the deep end of the pool where the bullies won't go. And I said, okay, how does that work? Well, it's fine, but everyone else is in the shallow end and I want to be there. I said, how do you get there? And her recent insight was, I can get out of the pool from a different place than I got into it. And as she went to the shallow end, she said, I was a different person going into the water. That's what we want to do. I just got chills. That's amazing. And I I love the work that you're doing. And I love that it is one person at a time, one individual at a time, because that's where you can make major waves too, because that one person, their energy shifts and changes. They see a different role model and different person, different energy that you're both embodying for them too, in different capacities. But I I love that, that story. It just, it touched me because it, it goes to the work you're doing, both of you, and being able to make such a difference. And 
what would you say are two tips that you could give entrepreneurs that are on this journey with all the ups and downs you've experienced in the process, but what do you think is most pivotal for people to know? That's always the, the best question. And the real honest answer is it's going to be different for every person because that's what authenticity and vibrancy mean. Yes. But I'd say a couple of things come to mind. Mm-hmm. Always be yourself. Always dream what a better version of yourself can look like and always trust process. Being yourself is so important. It's that, you know, we talk about this in just marketing your businesses, building relationships. That is the foundation of what we do. You know, with without that, what do you have? You know, I mean, we're really mm-hmm. um, from the ground up. And so to be able to really connect and build with with others together is just so critical. And, you know, one of the things that we do also is, you know, we run them through our program, but that it doesn't end there. You know, we continue on. So we might still meet with people once a month instead of like weekly or every other week, we'll still connect in with them. We still email with people. And I think that's really important. And that's, you know, for entrepreneurs too, to you know, it's like, yay, we made a sale. Let's move on. It's like, no, you still, you still want to nurture people. And cause you never know, like right now, someone may not need you, but down the road, they might, and they're going to think about you first. I, I think of, um, you know, during the, the pandemic and I did a lot of talks about creativity and leadership because, you know, leaders were like, what do we do now? Nobody's in the office. And, and I'll never forget. There was a story of a flower shop where I was living and there was a story in the paper about how they threw away all the flowers, you know, cause they had no customers anymore. And it was like $7,000 worth of flowers. And I thought, oh my gosh, are you kidding? I would have been delivering them to nursing homes. I would, you know, whatever was still to the hospitals, whoever I could think of, like, let me just bring some joy and deliver these flowers. And you know, sadly that, you know, because then I thought, you know, if I had been that flower shop, I would do that. And when things reopen, who are they going to think about working with? They're going to work with me for flowers because I had set the stage for that. And I just thought, wow, that was such, my thought was that was such a missed opportunity for connection and Mm -hmm. really just like, Hey, we're here for you. You know, yeah, the world shut down and we had to shut down too, but we have all these beautiful flowers. We can still connect with people. I mean, that would have just been so powerful. And they, I just, I call that a leadership miss. I thought, oh my goodness, what happened there? You know, that would have been just such a beautiful thing to do for people. So. Yeah, no, and I appreciate you sharing that story too, because it it goes back to, I think everything is the foundation of a relationship because when we connect in the companionship, you both have been speaking about this whole time too. It's you connect, you feel seen, you feel heard, valid and connected all together. And that's what's so beautiful about relationships and it's being able to mend them or see that there's other types of relationships out there versus maybe what somebody is going through, like the individuals that maybe come into your office initially and being able to work through that. But I, I truly love the work you're doing and the difference you're making in this world, one individual at a time, one family at a time as well. But where can people will find you, find your curriculum. I'm going to link everything below, but if you could let us know too. Have a book, mm-hmm. find your light. Yeah. And the subtitle is Unlocking Your Capacity to Become a More Vibrant and Authentic Person. So you can get it either from us directly and we'll sign copies 
or from uh, Wordy, the publisher, or from Amazon. We use the book as a text in our Great Masters class, but also it's a book that is woven very carefully. In the book, we talk about the key three, the empathy, the growth mindset, and the grit. And we talk about studies and, and what uh, scientists and academics are doing with it. But we also then apply our own take on it. How have we dealt with empathy? How have we dealt with grit? How have we dealt with great masters? Yeah. So there's a Barb story and a Wayne story. And then the third thing that's woven in is a how-to, and that's the educational focus. So here are some activities you can do. Here are some conversations you can have. Sometimes mothers especially who come from really high-impact divorces have lost their confidence in how to be with their kids or the kids have been poisoned by a very um, bullish father. So how do you get your confidence back? These are activities that are emotionally neutral and that allow you to find some success and joy and happiness. And otherwise, we'd ask people to go to our website, which is greatmastersinc.com. And we got a whole bunch of programs in the book. And I even think there's some uh, affirmations there too. I love that. Well, thank you both for sharing everything that you have today. I, I so appreciate the book that you've written, the programs you have in place to really just make such a difference because you truly are. And I think it starts with one person at a time because when you help that one person, it just expands and vibrates to other people as well. But thank you both for coming on today. Make sure to like, subscribe, comment below. What was your biggest takeaway from Dr. Barb and Dr. Wayne? I'm sure they both would love to see that comment and we'll see you on the next episode.